Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of We Didn't Know How Good We Had It and this week I'm joined by Pete and Andy from Sunshine Frisbee Laser Beam. How are you doing guys? Hi Rich, good yeah, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. How have you guys been? It's been a while since I've seen you guys. Um, yeah, uh, just sitting around doing this sort of shit basically. <laughs> so is that any different to, to normal or is it a, a nice sort of, a nice sit down and, and doing shit? Uh, yeah, I've just been doing, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean like it's been a weird couple of years. We, we still, we've played a couple of gigs, just been decent. One of them was like uh, a social distance gig and then we recently did like uh, a proper gig at the Hair, which was uh, amazing. I tried to make a uh, punk pop covers album and then uh, I got how many songs? Three songs in. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did uh, Offspring, uh, All I Want. I did nice. uh, a Lagwagon song, May 16th. That was really difficult to, to learn how to play that for some reason. And then I did a No Effects song and then fucking Frank Turner happened <laughs> <laughs> uh, for just just for people who like frank turner i'll cut this bit out later i'm probably not going to i'm not a fan of frank turner either i think he's just a fake punk but then again people can come at me for that for that comment but yeah no, were you, was it uh, you're gonna full one man full one man band pop punk style is that what you're doing yes well just like acoustic and singing but i was sort of you know it still had the energy mm. of it but it was acoustic and i was you know a little oh I can sing a little. I think I can sing a little bit better than Dexter Holland. <laughs> you know, no sight on him, but it's not great. So. Where did where did that idea sort of come from? Did that stem from boredom? Did it has is an idea that if you've had for a while, and then obviously we, we all had loads of time on our hands, and you thought you'd, you'd get into it. Well, I'd perfected uh, Laurie Myers as a, a sort of uh, party trick almost. Mm. And then um, just, yeah, it, it, you know, it started to spiral. And then again, Frank Turner came along. Stole your thunder. Yeah. Swo- swooped in. Yeah. And they were like in his video and all that shit. So I was sort of like, well, what's the point in this then? <laughs> don't, don't ever compare yourself to Frank Turner, mate. Come on. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I met him once at, um, what was it? Uh, 93 Feet East hmm. when um, we were playing uh, a small town America thing. And he was—he uh, came in in a cowboy hat or some shit. He was talking about how <laughs> he was talking about how like, oh yeah, I got a meeting with the like these people and blah blah blah. And I was just like sitting there, and everyone was like lapping up, and I was just like, "Who's you meeting with?" And it was his bank manager. And it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I wouldn't mind being Frank Turner's bank manager. <laughs> yeah, these days. Well, just to give it to him. <laughs> sounds yeah, sounds nice and easy, doesn't it? Oh, do you want some more money? Here it is in a bag with a dollar sign on it. Great. Yeah. Again, anyone who likes Frank Turner, I apologise, but I but sort of don't at the same not, time. You're not intelligent people, so don't, no, don't, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you guys, when it, when it comes to um, writing and recording and all sorts of stuff on that topic, you guys are pretty damn prolific when it comes to it, whether it's together or, or, or separately, or, or with your your bands and groups and all sorts of collaborations <laughs> of things. Um, how do you it's a question this is coming from me how do you find the energy to do it all because you do so much uh we don't really rehearse that's one of the things like a lot yeah. of bands like spend a lot of time um like they'll you know we've had lockups and stuff to do albums yeah and they'll but then like once the album's done we're like we rehearse to play live mostly to it's that that's it it's the recording is the thing yeah so we rehearse to record 
And then once we recorded, we're like, you were like, I can listen to the, 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 you know, the recording and figure out what I was doing again. And then we just have a quick couple of goes and yeah, yeah. You do, know, do you spend so, a lot of time away? And it's sound kind of strange, but listening back to yourselves, but maybe like you know, and you back listening to his, his guitar lines and stuff. Because I know because it's also there's a lot there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on in your songs as well. Because I guess you like love your layering and love all that sort of stuff as well. Is it like picking through all of that after recording recording a double album, for example? There's yeah, a lot like, to a lot to remember and stuff there. My uh, top artists on my Spotify playlist of my own. <laughs> <record>. <laughs> That's not that's not arrogant at all. <laughs> now I think like uh, we we also quite we don't like practicing that much because like it's quite exciting to go into a gig and only like practice a few times. We, we generally get to a point where we're kind of we're kind of like I, I don't know like au fait with the certain songs that we're gonna play yeah. and then like. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. We play different songs each time we play. We went through a phase of like only playing new shit all the time, and we were supporting. I remember that like might have pissed some people off, but we were supporting some people <laughs> who were quite big. And then like uh, it's a whole new set. Yeah, it was like a whole brand new set, and no one knew any of the songs, and we only did it because we were practicing for the recording. I think I remember. Um, this is good. I'm talking a good few years back, and it might have been the first or second time I'd seen you, and it was at the Patrick Kavanagh in Mosley, Actually, and it was somebody's yeah. somebody's birthday party. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I didn't know you two then. I'm trying to think. I think it might have been Lexi or someone had told me that you, you guys were playing and I had a couple of friends who lived around the corner and I was like, this is weird. Do you want to go to this person's birthday party that I don't know to go and see a band that you don't know that I've only seen twice and also don't know them either? And they were like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Uh, but I think through the whole the whole thing you said, you just played new stuff the whole way through. Um, I suppose yeah, to a lot of people it might have been new anyway, but to you guys it was new stuff as well. Yeah, um, that was funny enough for... One of the uh, one of the bands on our list, the guitarist, um, Kia. It was his. Uh, was it his thirtieth? Something. I think it was his thirtieth birthday. He was in an Echo Lake. He was oh, in the okay. first. Spilling yeah. the beans on the bands here, but that's that's. Oh, there you no, go. No, we get, no, we're getting into it already. We're getting into it. But yeah, I think from then on, like uh, I mean, Soon Festival in Cardiff was the. I think it was the last time I I saw you guys, and I I, I don't know about. Sorry to interrupt you. That was actually the last gig we did before lockdown. Was soon wow. possible. October yeah. October 2019, that was, wasn't it? So I remember um, at the end of that show, was it Dave's car, Dave's dad wagon? Um, is it the boot wasn't closing and he also got a, a ticket being parked out on, you know, Cardiff's Music City streets? Bastards. Yeah, classic that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was the, probably the end of our run of, run of festivals, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, big festival year that year was wicked. You Loads had two thousand trees and stuff, didn't you? Am I right in saying yeah. that? We played. I think we played four, three or four times at two thousand trees. Amazing. We had a day where we did. Uh, I think it was four or five festival dates over two days. So we'd yeah. done like live at Leeds at twelve o'clock in the day to open, and then we drove to Newcastle to do the afternoon or no that was the next day we did like leeds liverpool and then the next day we were in newcastle in the afternoon we were somewhere i can't remember and then the night we played derby oh right. Or we got cancelled we got cancelled last minute for um oh, 
wait wait was, you guys got cancelled or it got cancelled we got cancelled last minute uh in derby because uh we were only we were it was going to be the fifth show in 48 hours and it was like such a blessing because like uh, well, you're like, oh, and I, were things, I thought you'd be really relieved, but I would have been like really pissed off. But now you say if it's a fifth show, most bands don't play five shows in a week. Yeah, yeah, it's five well, in two days in different cities. We were watching, uh, uh, and so I told you I'd eat you. And me and Dave were talking to each other because uh, um, I noticed that our bass player Dave is a doppelganger of the bass player from, uh, and so I told you I'd eat you. He is indeed. <laughs> and uh, we were ta- we were talking. To them, and they were like, oh yeah, you know, we'll we'll stick. We don't even have to go home. Like we don't, you know, let's just. I can't. We got. I can't remember why we got cancelled. There was some weird reason. I can't remember, but we were like, thank God, you know, because <laughs> we were talking, and it was just like the band was on. And it was like, <laughs> he was just, like, and was like, I can't, I can't even speak properly, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as you can hear from the cans opening, we're about to booze as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair, play, fair play for that it's a shame like I mean I'm glad obviously you've played shows since you're saying you played at the Hare and Hounds I think I saw I saw a couple of photographs from the socially distanced gig and it was one of those weird ones being a promoter and being in a band and you guys probably may have felt this as well it felt weird seeing people sat down at a gig like that knowing what your shows are normally like because they're really yeah, energetic yeah. there's a lot going on I mean there's a there's a really thousand of you on stage for starters just to to get the energy going for, for everyone in the crowd as well. Was that quite strange or was it like a nice easing in to everything? Um, I think it was like, uh, yeah. I it was different it, for you because that was your first gig, wasn't it? You yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Peter had already played a few, Peter played a few Zoom gigs. And Peter played a few and I'd... Um, so for me, it felt weird because it's also kind of like the third or fourth time I've kind of been around people and, and stuff as well. Yeah. So the whole thing felt weird. That, <coughs> excuse me. The Hair and Hounds did um, like an amazing job of, of like putting a safe gig on. Yeah. But in, in doing that as well, like psychologically, it was weird because, you know, you have to go in a certain place. You're only allowed to be in this place. Yeah. Yeah, and backstage, you know, you can we can only be in this one place. You can't go, which is like perfectly, you know, fine mm-hmm. and the, the right thing to do for them. But like in your mind, you're all like, oh man, I want to go in the bar and hang out and uh, yeah. I want to see all my friends. Like, I, 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 guess, I guess you guys, because I, I guess you guys go to the hair quite often. Like, just guess it's your local or at least close enough to. And about being in there when it wasn't, you know, t- mid twenty nineteen. Would have been quite yeah. strange, like having X's drawn on the floor where you were supposed to stand and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, just be, not, not being there for two years, going back, realizing it's going to be different, and then going in and then being like, uh, I want to talk to my, my mate who's texting me in the next room, mm. but I can't actually go and see her. Mm. It's like a, like a weird thing, but you know, they were obviously doing exactly the right thing. Absolutely, and that's Played the gig a few months after, which was totally amazing, hmm. and everybody was there. That was the best thing, actually. Like you know, we're, we're all we're always you know we're forever Birmingham um, fans, but um, uh, Hair and Hounds was like very like I don't know, it was like 2018 or something. Like best you know best small venue yeah. in Britain. It really is like when you when you're on stage, they're like coming back 
to have that uh the like the PA and everything can it's just so like fantastic, you know, like it's 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 rare that we play shows where we're sort of like this sounds better than rehearsal. Yeah. Which, like that's uh, your place, like Yeah, which obviously, you know, as we previously stated, rehearsals are scant. But we <laughs> 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 we're, we're always uh, you know we're always like when we're rehearsing, it's amazing because it's loud and blah blah blah, and yeah. like it's brilliant. And then you go to a venue and it's like turn it down, turn it down, turn it down, whatever. Or you know, turn it down, turn it up out front, but turn it down on stage. Like yeah, yeah. we don't have our own sound man, and or we've never had our own sound man. So I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I just I, it, it, no, it, no, it's, no, it's really... a different feeling, isn't it? Like uh, playing live to playing rehearsal, there's no one there telling you to turn down. I mean, there yeah. should be because let's be honest. Being in rehearsal, you're always too loud anyway. It's not a case yeah. of turning everyone down to ter- hear everyone. It's a case of turning everyone up to outdo everyone else. Uh, and yeah. like I said, this I think it's what five or six of you in in the band, um, depending on what day of the week it is. I feel, I feel, um, but a bit, yeah. I guess you can like try and compete with each other in a good way, like volume wise. But when you're on stage, it's a different kind of loud, I suppose. It's a more controlled loud, thankfully, because like I said, there is someone technically, I suppose, in control of uh, <laughs> of the yeah. loud. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was just great. Like hit like for he- hearing it and feeling it on that was like, mm. like we we rehearsed in uh, a Birmingham reference. We rehearsed in um, uh, Rabanas, which is like a really like um, really long term like rehearsal room. Yeah, I got refused my uh, my work experience with school in Rabanas because they said I was going to have to carry too many heavy guitar amps. And I'll never forgive them. <laughs> But we got we got double booked there. We were supposed to have like a normal room, and then we got the production room. Nice. And it was just, remember that that was ah. insane, man. Yeah. It was horrible. It was like uh, <laughs> the the room was like as big as any venue we play. Was yeah. it the one rather than in again? Sorry for people who aren't from Birmingham. Um, is it the like the big room where you see all the pictures of like Black Sabbath rehearsing there and and like Motorhead do did when they were uh, was the big um, the big room up the road rather than in the actual venue. Uh, no, no, it's it's all part of the same building. No, I don't know, but but like the day before us was I can't remember someone like I want to say White Snake, but I don't think it was White Snake. <laughs> that would be was like UB forty, yeah, and it was something like, and then we're there like <laughs> we had to push the whole room like all the amps in and stuff, and it was just sort of like it was uh, that was like, a, a bit like made of ale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've played Mayville actually in calories. That was uh, that was wicked, amazing. So I've only ever heard good things about Mayville apart from how early they ask you to get there. I don't know if it was the same for you, but I had friends who they were asked to get there for like quarter past seven in the morning to be set up ready for nine a.m. I don't remember what time we got there, but they got rid of uh, John Peel's door. You're like, why would you do that? Hmm. Like, that's like, where is that door? It's got to be mm. in a museum somewhere. Should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. But or it's in like the, the director of the BBC's shed. It's got like graffiti from like the fall to like the white stripes or whatever, you know, and it's like, I know we got rid of that. It's, it looks messy. <laughs> well, oh, we'll start a petition for the UK Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and we'll track down the door. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, and, sorry. More Birmingham stuff. We'll, we'll get on to the... Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about other people. bands soon. We used to work in a pub uh, called the, the Fine Cox in Mosley, and it was the first pub that um, the Smiths played outside of Manchester. Oh, wow. And they, um, we were like, you know, that needs a blue plaque, man. 
but not only that, we read about it in uh, Uncut magazine, and the uh, the drummer said that that was the first place where uh, Morrissey had decided to be called Morrissey. Oh wow! Before that, he was Stephen. Is it? I don't know. You should have stuck with it. <laughs> Hi, this is the Smiths. I'm Stephen. <laughs> uh, no, I'll get started. With, I, I don't know if anyone listening today. We're recording this on Thursday, the 16th of September, and I think it was either this morning or last night. I don't know if anyone's seen. I'm not going to say the news, but Rick Astley and Blossoms getting together and playing music by the Smiths. Yeah. What what timeline are we living in? <laughs> like we, who we who who, who, who chose that? What Ouija board threw that up? Like we know the percussionist from that band. What from Blossoms? <laughs> yeah, she's like um, she's uh she's um I can't remember his name now. His name. He drove us a couple of times. I know John John from the band Cleft helps with their like percussion mm-hmm. tech and engineering mm-hmm. and stuff as well. So um, it's no slight on him, but I just can't fathom why that happens. I mean, I, I hate the Smiths for starters. Again, that's going to cause some issue with a lot of people listening to this. But you're so not indie. <laughs> I know. I think, no, what it is, and this is always my excuse, thankfully, I've managed to stick with the same one forever. I hate Morrissey so much that it makes me dislike the Smiths. Yeah. I, think, I think Johnny Marr is an unbelievable guitarist. And then the other two, who I don't know what their names are, probably perfectly sound geezers. But Morrissey, yeah, <laughs> even then, like I, I, not again. This is this is for my lack of being good at listening to music. I first heard Modest Mouse when Johnny Marr joined them because I think they got a bit of a boost in British, you know, television music and all that sort of stuff then. And then I felt really bad for not knowing who Modest Mouse are because Modest Mouse are are a brilliant band. Yeah, um, much better than though. I feel like every week, every time I do this, I just insult myself more and more and just give people more ammunition to not want to listen to me. Well, Johnny Marr had like that like uh, stint of like uh, like ruining bands. Where he went from like he was in the Martin Cribs, Man. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Cribs was sick before yeah. he joined. <laughs> but then again, like it's one of those things. If Johnny Marr came to you two and said, "Oh, could I go on a Sunshine record?" What would you Absolutely say? Yeah. Absolutely yes. Well, there you go. And yeah, then Johnny Sunshine Marr. would be shit for a year. And then he would leave, and then... (laughs) Johnny Marr should be in YouTube. We should call it the the Johnny Marr effect. (laughs) Somewhere Johnny Marr flaps his wings. Yeah. And then then Morrissey flaps his gums, and then it all goes to shit. Johnny Marr would be... If the thing is, like, no... Like, you were talking about before how, like, we have, like, loads of members and stuff. The thing is that um, nobody leaves or gets fired from our band... That's sort of the way it is. So yeah. the reason sometimes we're like six and sometimes we're four and yeah. I think we've ever been three, but whatever. No, we were three to start. <laughs> oh, Technically, three. I suppose, yeah. Oh, yeah like for, some... for anyone, just while we're on that three thing, for anyone who doesn't know, can you just briefly go over the story of why you're called Sunshine for his be lazy? Oh, good segue. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, um... Man, uh, which story are you going to tell for this one? This is like a three oh, or four. Don't tell the fake. Uh, so, the, so the real story is, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Andy Sunshine because all my lyrics are like really horrible. <laughs> they're, they're about death. Uh, uh, so about it's an, an ironic name then. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like an ironic name. And then um, Ralph's called Frisbee because... Because he was the only one that went to university and he's an introvert. And we thought it was funny that he'd be Frisbee because it was like ultimate Frisbee is what you do if you're an extrovert at uni. And uh, we were called Laserbeam because I thought it was cool. Yeah. (laughs) To be fair, I know, even if none of that was true, I couldn't ask for a better answer than that. (laughs) <laughs> and we came, we came over to Pete's kitchen and then we had like, we, we basically just, we were doing some, we, we, we like wrote like four or five songs and then we had a gig like in a week. And then uh, we just made, made that name kind of as a joke. And then we got put on a show at the Bull's Head, I think. And then like he did really well and everybody really liked us. And everyone kept on saying like, that band name's Wicked. We were like, oh, okay, well that's, basically now what we have to be and then to, like yeah 10 to be years honest with you like that that was that was it for me as well i know like i i was okay enough to meet you guys but after meeting junior and lexi and, and, and kelly and and everyone that's sort of the king's heath lot um the band name seeing it on posters was like the what's that all about and yeah. then yeah. actually like seeing it and stuff again it makes sense because it's so obscure like don't get me wrong i mean that in in the most respectful way possible it's so obscure that it has to catch you by surprise and it has to take your interest if you're if you're just seen on a poster or on a t-shirt or on a front cover of a record in a shop um i think it's brilliant if you don't mind me saying well Thank done you. well Thank done you, well done <laughs> i love the irony behind everything as well and everything seems to be dipped in irony too so I, i'm a big fan of that we, we were totally unaware of that until people started reviewing us and they were saying how uh, humorous we were and how like dark and funny we were at the same time. And we were like, I think it's that thing of um, like gallows humor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like we, we, we have real lives. We're real people, obviously. We're not cartoon characters, but the way that we sort of express ourselves is through sort of a, a, a sort of a, I don't know, not a colander, you know. Is sort of, you know. <laughs> so is that a, like looking at a, an eclipse through a colander on the ground? Don't yeah, stare like, straight at it. Well, yeah, but we laugh, we laugh through, we laugh through our pain, you know, and that's, I think that's like our, that's our steez, man. <laughs> and you write some, that was so 90s, that was such a 90s phrase, fucking love that. So you write some amazing music from it, so I for one am glad for your irony and uh, and the colander as as you will shall uh, shall we get on to some bands then because yeah, uh, I, I could i could literally sit here and talk to you guys for another hour and a half just about what you do and recording and all sorts of stuff but no doubt some of these bands or if not all of these bands will come into play with, from the sunshine story anyway um no doubt yeah, do, do you guys want to pick a band between you and we'll just go off from there because I, I will this is a uh, a note for everyone listening the list of bands that Andy and Pete sent me were arguably the hardest bands I've had to research because some of the names on them, I won't go through them now, are not the easiest to Google. And I'm not in an offensive way like I have had in the past where I feel like I'm going to have the British government kick my door down, but just very easy to to get lost in on Google. But let's let's go. Let's get into it. Who are we going for? Um, I think we should start with... uh... I haven't got this, but I think we should start with the Reverends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cool. seems to be the beginning of of things. So uh, the Reverends uh, became the Reverends two E's, mm-hmm. like uh, 
because um, it was cool at the time, I think. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, actually, Ralph was in that band. Um, he was the second drummer after Bryn mm. um, left for, I can't remember where he left. But basically, they were like, the first time I encountered them, um, they were, the so Lexi used to play in a band called Autolite. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And me and Alexi were in this band called Autolite and I left after a while. Um, and this guy, Neil, uh, came in and uh, Neil was like a sort of art school kid kind of vibe. He didn't go to art school, but that was his vibe, you know. Yeah. And uh, Did he have he... a tweed jacket? <laughs> no, like Neil was like the coolest guy out of all of us kind of thing. You know, that's why I say that. Like we, we were like uh, tryhard rockers and he was like effortlessly cool, you know kind of thing uh, but he had uh, he'd been to see them play I think a first or second gig somewhere in Cottage or some you know some sort of kids kind of venue thing yeah. where there's probably like no booze or anything that kind of thing and he was like this band are amazing and uh, they came and uh, started uh, we started getting them on shows and stuff uh, at the, the Jug of Ale back in the day was it was where like, everyone went and it was like pound in, pound a pint kind of vibe. And it was just like, you, you you know, you felt like if you didn't get a full room in there, you were, if you didn't get a packed room in there, then you were shit. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so easy, you know, and we just, we just loved it, man. We like, it was like the best venue. Then, um, uh, so you got this, this, this band's coming along. I know like they, uh, David Morris was uh, is like a, you know a genius basically. He did all these uh, tapes where actually put like Modest Mouse on one side for me, and then his band on the other side. <laughs> so it's like kind of like you know when you'd listen to a tape and you'd put it on like and it would rotate you know like on your on your bus journey or whatever. Mm. Then it, to me they were like one and the same band basically. Yeah, but he was like fourteen, you know, and it was just like. <laughs> He just did this stuff that was just like, how did you come up with this? You know, like he had something that was just like nobody else had. And he was, um, and he was this like little uh, ginger guy with like massive hair. And it had like, a point where like uh, the bass player would start playing violin. Nobody knew how to tune the guitars, but it was like, if they had have known how to tune, they wouldn't have been as like, yeah, amazing. that was like, gives it more character. Yeah, there was like real because we were all a bit older than them. Like we were like you know still probably under eighteen, but like you know like had a job uh, enough to buy like uh, little uh, little pedals where you could tune guitar on it and stuff, and yeah. have like a, a phaser effect or something. And they're just like a lead into an amp, so <laughs> yeah. like, the know, purest form. Yeah, and it was just it was like that the beauty of the reverence was like, it was like, it was always, always falling apart. So it was like, it was the moments where they hit it. It was like, um, you were like joyous for them. Yeah. Rather than like the reverse, you know, the reverse is normally the thing, isn't it? You see like a band being really pro. And then when they kind of like, phone it in or not phone it in but like kind of like you know go off a little bit yeah what are they doing like yeah and this band was just like the reverence was just like chaos and it was amazing and like he's he's yeah like 
David Morris, like to this day, I like I still know David, and I think he's a genius. Like, um, and then uh, you know, and our drummer Ralph um, joined them, and I, I met Ralph back then. I, th- I think I think Ralph's the person I've known longer than anyone in my life, to be honest. Apart from my mum. <laughs> well, what type of sort of musical vibe you say it's like Modest Mouse was it that like and which era of Modest Mouse obviously because that helps narrow it down for some people the, it was the, it was like they were like they sounded like Modest Mouse before they would have recorded anything oh, you know nice. I mean it was yeah, yeah. like uh, they weren't heavy at all but they weren't there was, it was like noise and uh, it was just it's I mean you, you have to hear it, I guess, but it's hard to hear because um, it's this. That was that era, wasn't it? You know, yeah. as we weren't. It's, it's all, not up on Bandcamp or up on YouTube and stuff now. It's, it's hard to sort of just jump on and 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 get a vibe for it. But this is it. Yeah. Like having conversations like this about about bands like that, you can almost without hearing the music, hear it through how you do, how you describe it or how it made you feel at the time. Yeah, I think um, that's a very yeah, magical it, thing. It was yeah, um, and David, you know, David still still growing doing stuff and he's and he's great well, shout yeah, out to David. yeah yeah and if you like another one of those names on the list there would be uh one of those bands would be gentle friendly mm-hmm. and that's oh, we're by, jumping ahead and that's basically <laughs> <laughs> hey, you take you take the flow guys you do you, do you. If, if we're talking about because if we're going to carry on talking about david morris that's like his bands so like um that's what he. I don't know whether he did that immediately after he did um, Gentle Friendly, but it's like everything that he ever recorded seems to be on like four track or like yeah. cassette sort of stuff. Um, so like he just immediately like you, you can hear like all of his stuff that went from there went from like Reverend stuff. Like you can listen to Gentle Friendly, which I'm. Sh- Sure, I don't know if that's actually on Spotify or not. I've got all the stuff on record and on like Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. But um, there's some like really beautiful, really beautiful stuff that he did both with like, uh, I think they did like the, the two records they did and an EP they did uh, in Gentle Friendly. But like, uh, that's like one of my favorite bands of all time, just is like for originality as well. And, and, how beautiful the lyrics are and how beautiful like his cadences through the whole of like uh or the vocals that he's doing through everything there it's like really insane stuff but i, I love their know, uh their description on on wikipedia uh is that it says, uh, yeah it says david found a, a drunk kit in a skip along with a large amount of high quality coffee that's got citation next to it. And after it's several caffeine fueled sessions in their basement, the pair began to play live. I love that. Mm. That's a true story. They were living with um, uh, our friend um, Tom Hill, who is in one of the other bands we're going to have to talk about. And, uh, oh, I won't give it away yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, 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 so like, you know, like how it how happens, like a bunch of people move up to London or, or move, you know, well, yeah, London's the place, isn't it? Yeah. Where people go, Manchester, maybe. Go, I'm um, going to be a band. We're going to be a band, that sort of thing. No, no, like, just like everyone just moved up, like, going to uni and stuff, you know, that oh, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, yeah, that's genuinely true. They they found a drum kit in a skip. Um, and I, I seem to remember the coffee thing being true as well, but obviously that's, 
I mean, that's way less interesting than a drum kit. You know? <laughs> well, it does say that they did have the caffeine-fueled sessions afterwards, so I think one goes in hand-in-hand in hand with the other, thankfully. Without that coffee, who knows? Well, the other guy, Dan, was um, in that in that band, and what was he in? Oh, he, he ended up in... Do, do you ever hear of uh, Buttonhead? No. He, you never heard tell. Um, they, were, they were kind of big, uh, like, you know, that sort of wave before New Wave? Where it was all a bit like, uh, um, I think who was there, like that sort of like folky rock kind of thing, like the the time before Mumford and Sons came around. Did oh, it? what like Get Cape and things like that? Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that that sort of era where it was a bit like that was like the the London like Pete and the Pirates and all that sort of stuff. It was like I'm going to wear my trousers yeah, yeah, halfway yeah. down my shins in a pair of loafers. Yeah, they were that kind of, they were that kind of like. I think it was all the the fallout of um, Arcade Fire, that kind of yeah. thing with like loads of members and violins and all sorts yeah, and, instruments that no one can name, but somehow <laughs> someone can play. <laughs> but we've got one, so pop it on. Um, where were we? I've completely lost track. Of this. We were talking about coffee and drum kits and skips, which is uh, out of context, quite a strange thing to still be talking about. At one at one point in in, in De Sophia, uh, we were so enamoured with um, with David's uh, working work in the Reverend the Son, we were fifty odd. We um, <laughs> uh, have his his his, his steeds again. Um, he we we De Sophia was going to be just David Morris's backup band, so we were like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll we'll be you know because we were like at that point. We were like pro compared to them kind of thing. And um, I don't remember what happened. I don't remember if they broke up or, or, or what at the time. What, what They had broken up yet at the time. But um, <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah. So we were that like that big fans of uh, the Reverends. And, this, uh, and then an- another band on our list actually named their record from a line from a Reverend song. I'm not going to this is tied together. You're going to have to do me like one of those uh, Charlie Kelly style. It's also in Philadelphia. Joining, <laughs> join the dots. <laughs> Are you really here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I think uh, if we want to talk about uh, Ace Bushy Striptease, mm-hmm. uh, the few things that I like really loved about Ace Bushy Striptease, apart from the fact that I love the music. <laughs> Yeah, and the people are all beautiful. I love every one of them in that band. Mm-hmm. It, uh, they used to put these like all dayers on, and uh, and the gigs that they used to put on, they used to go on first. So like they'd put a big night on, like the second or third gig we played at Sunshine Frisbee Laser Beam mm-hmm. would um, would be on one of their all dayers at the Victoria in Birmingham. Yeah. And um, it would be their big night. I remember Martha played that night, and yeah. there were like uh, there was some like yeah, it was like the they were the, the sort of the, the the kings of or kings and queens or whatever um, of the indie pop scene in Birmingham. Yeah, like, in their time, like they they were the ones that were connected to everyone all around the country, kind of thing uh, on DIY, yeah, levels, kind of thing, and they were really like supportive and um everything of everyone you know they were just they were brilliant and they were like 
Yeah, they're all like really lovely guys, as well as being like really like um, productive with what they were doing, like all around the country. And they were putting these shows on all the time. But they, you know, what amazed me about them, apart from like just being lovely, the music was fantastic and also really fun. But they put like they put themselves on first. Yeah, it, was so it wasn't about them, them really. Yeah, they were going on first in all these shows, so they could then like look after the rest of the night. The, the rest, rest of the night, night. And bring everybody in like from the from the get go. Yeah, because everyone was really there to see them because it was their that was their steez. Okay. <laughs> Word of the day, ding ding ding. Bruce, this is Bruce. He's uh, done this thing. Uh, have you heard of Opium Lord? Yeah. Yeah. I, I play in a band with a guy from Opium Lord and he just continuously says Steez. So. <laughs> I mean, Opium Lord, just for the records, a shout out to them because they are fucking sick. Yeah. Bruce, yeah. Bruce is, uh, Bruce is my homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> what decade are you from? <laughs> like, you Tony know Hawk's pro you. skater, bro. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, Ace Bushy. For some reason, we've been uh, we played two gigs for them and been snowed in twice. What in the venue or? No, we played the Victoria and it snowed so much. And then we played in the fucking. Well, uh, no, no, that was a. We played for some sort of like roller derby. Oh yeah, it was, a, it was a roller derby um, benefit gig. Benefit gig. Yeah, that's it another one of those like quick pick three things out of the hat. Yeah. yeah yeah we we got so drunk that they gave us like like they gave us like unlimited beer i think which was a mistake <laughs> on the, we got so drunk we played three songs like were well, three of the songs in the set twice yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and lloyd who does the artwork for our albums and he's interconnected he was in the reverence he's in the reverence and I'm going to say he's interconnected with all these bands like that we've, we've mentioned and did the general friendly artwork and did all the general friendly art everything yeah. um, he turned up that snowed in uh, gig at the uh, Roseville Tavern Roseville Tavern well done he turned up for that snowed in gig at the Roseville Tavern for the roller derby girls benefit <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you had me at roller derby <laughs> I was so hammered when we were playing that when he came in, I got excited to see him and just stopped playing and walked <laughs> in. And went, oh, hey, how's it going? Just started having a conversation with him. And hugging him and turned around and I was like, oh, no, I'm in the middle of playing a song. I was playing the show. So, yeah. I've, uh, I've just uh, just gone like scrolling back through Ace Bush's Facebook page to a post on the 3rd of September 2013. Um, yeah. And it's uh, saying our pals Sunshine Frisbee Laser. Oh no, they've put our pals the Sunshine Frisbee Laser Beam uh, have released their latest album, and they said it was most certainly going to be one of the best five albums that will come out this year in the world. So that's a very nice comment from <laughs> eight, yeah, eight years <laughs> ago. <laughs> was that when Johnny Marr was in the band? Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. No one mentions about us. <laughs> Bad taste. <laughs> yeah, they could be um, lovely people, but God, they had terrible taste. Yeah. I wonder what wonder what record that was. Twenty thirteen. I don't know. I don't got a clue. So how many just on a tangent, how many records, if you can put a number on it, have you guys released? I think eight. Yeah, I think something like that. And then plus like B sides and, and singles and EPs and, and that and the other. And there will be a Halloween album. But... Oh yeah, this is this is the big news for you uh, for our avid listeners. Is this an exclusive? 
This is an exclusive. Oh, I need to get an air horn for these. I'm getting too many of them now. Oh. Just pretend I'm using an air horn with the hands. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I mean, like, we'll, Halloween. Yeah. We'll release the Halloween album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna, we, we, we've been doing we'll, COVID kind of, this was a big thing that COVID scuppered for us. We were doing every year, you know, uh, and we weren't making like a massive fanfare about it, really. But we were doing, every year we were doing uh, a Halloween single that was only available as a video on YouTube. And, you know, varying degrees of production. Like, like well, that clown one is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the songs are all there. So we were, we, the point, the idea was the, the 10 years of us. So we started with Halloween was a song. Then we had Halloween 2, Halloween 3, uh, and on and on. And they all have their own names, but we don't only call them by the name of the, num- the number, what they are. And then, yeah, so we, we're, we've been planning the whole time, like uh, kind of inspired by... Um, that the Savvy Fab record, Inches, mm. to do a record that is the Halloween album, and we've written the whole thing, basically. Nice. Um, and we've, we've demo-recorded, essentially, all of it, and then the idea is the next thing is to go and re-record all of that as a Halloween album, and then hopefully that year will be the year that Halloween stole christmas <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to like steal the killer's thunder when they do all the christmas singles right that's the idea yeah yeah uh, is that what's happening with them is it they've been they've been doing the christmas thing for years but to be honest with you i much prefer you guys so hopefully everyone um, listening does as well now i, I think hope, hope, hope brendan flowers isn't listening to this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we got a uh, i mean we we have like a a lot of songs already recorded, ready to release and stuff. But the Halloween thing's like really fun. I like the idea of doing like, I don't know, like a, a week or so somewhere and recording it like somewhere and then like... Somewhere spooky maybe. In a church maybe. You want to see if you can get flights over to like Salem and do it yeah, somewhere. Or, or try and find what's, what's the most haunted recording studio in the whole of the United Kingdom. Oh man! I'm Probably sure you could. I'm, I'm sure we could get a Kickstarter or a fundraiser going, or a GoFundMe or whatever the kids do nowadays to get people's money to get you in a in we'll the most it. haunted thing ever. Recorded in. Uh... Why not just go for the Halloween tradition and just steal money from children? But, yeah, they did it in uh, what's that band? Ghetto Boys. You know Ghetto Boys. I'm shaking my head. Um, like, uh, like old hip hop thing, and it's like uh, it's um, the song's called "Mine's Playing Tricks on Me," and uh, they're talking about like stealing kids' candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, Pete is a thief, especially <laughs> from children. But no, I think we should definitely do that. Let's get you. Let's let's record it. Let's get it recorded in the. If not, if we can't get the most haunted, at least the second most haunted recording studio in the UK. Yeah, we should get Derek Acora in. Yeah. Isn't Derek Akora dead? Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference, really. Does it? <laughs> Should we get, get the Ouija board in, uh, and we'll just summon the Akora. As a lyric, dead Derek Akora is fantastic, isn't it? I want a bit of writing credit on that, please. <laughs> this is how we've got so many songs. He's just said that. That's a song. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't joking about his, his grim sense of humour. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, who else we got on the list? Um, if you don't mind me throwing a banding, because I know we've we've linked a lot of these bands together, but let's have a nice chat about Racket Cannon because um Matt from Haggard Cat, when I had the pleasure of, of having him on, mentioned these guys as well because they're one of the best live acts I've ever seen. I was yeah, blown yeah, away maybe. by their first note um that I ever saw from them. And it's yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes it's 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 quite hard. Well, you guys might have seen, you've probably seen thousands of bands and played with thousands of bands and everything, but sometimes it takes something like the middle way through a set or whatever to be like they clicks and you get what they're doing. It might not be the type of music you play or you listen to, but you get something from it. But with Racket yeah. Cannon, it was an arc tangent, I think 2013. I'm going to put a bad year on that. But um, yeah, just seeing the, the lead singer walk out into the middle of the crowd with his like microphone cable as long as it can go. And then without missing a beat, just first note of, of the whole set. And I was like, I'm in, this is it. You've got me. And yeah, they're fucking fantastic. But what's, yeah, what's your guys' relationship and or story with them? Um, do, didn't we, did we get booked to support them, didn't we? Wasn't that how we heard Yeah, we, we played with them twice. I mean, like, I kind of, like, <coughs> heard of them, obviously, before, just through, like... Thrice, I think, in fact. Thrice, I think we played Thrice. <laughs> not once, but not twice. We, uh, we, just, we just found out, I mean, I found out about them just through the general, like, YouTube shit and being, like... That that interested up, interested in them them come out and being like what the fuck is this it's amazing, but then like uh, supporting them, like yeah their their live show is insane, and like the lead singer what he's doing what he does with those, like the, the most recent one where we played with them he was taping duct taping like, uh, like a pedal board case to like his chest and lower middle. <laughs> and had a harness on where he was like playing them at the same time as like jumping around and that not and that being something that doesn't affect how good and how well they're playing the songs mm. and they feel like right on for playing everything perfectly all that because time you've got like the the alcopop connection really because i think if i remember right i think it was alcopop that put out their third album or helped them release yeah. it in the uk yeah, yeah. 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 Am I right? Yeah. Well, at least we played at uh, 2000 Trees together, but like we we're, were playing the same stage and we were playing different days. We supported them at the Hare and Hounds. Mm. And then like we were playing with them like <clears throat> the day after the 2000 Did we Trees. We played them in like Leeds or something as well. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. northern. But they're, they're like uh, really lovely guys as well. Yeah, like, Matt from Matt from Haggard Cat said basically exactly the same words that you did, but where he was playing with them in some backwards festival in in Belgium somewhere, uh, which obviously yeah. where they're from, and they'd not heard of them at all. I think it was uh, when Haggard Cat were Baby Godzilla. I say were Baby Godzilla when Baby Godzilla was a thing, and seeing these guys turn up and they're all like prim and proper and they've got keyboards out and they're like, "What's this? What's going to happen here? What's going on here?" And they played and they're like from then on they're like this these are the best band in the world like yeah. what they just did and what we just witnessed cannot be replicated like by that, anyone. they have that that thing where it's like they're going like and then it's like but that's heavy and then it's yeah. like how did you get there how did you even do that i'm not i'm not even sure if, if your microphone picked that up uh but 
uh, it, just imagine it was loud anyone listening because that's that's it basically isn't it it's, you, when you don't think it can get any more like abrasive it then all of a sudden does out of nowhere and it's all like amazing like <coughs> synth goodness with just yeah I, I, i'm gonna have to start sharing playlists with these bands on because i'm really shit at describing them <laughs> but anyone who needs to listen to them, you've got to listen to racket cannon because they will they hopefully really, will blow you away really intense as well like they looked like mm. like i've never seen a band that looked like them as well like the way that they uh moved and everything mm. and i think like people forget that about like live music is like so important because like years ago like in, in calories we were recording and um they were saying like oh uh, you know oh, we don't want to put too much keyboard or piano or something because we can't play it and then the guy who was recording us was band uh an old band called the enid who were like a really like uh yeah, interesting I, yeah did I, I think i saw the enid with my dad yeah probably like electro old school electro-y type thing am i thinking yeah, of that band? like prog yeah but yeah. um but he he said to us at the time like there's so much like lost from the visual aspect of seeing a live band that you have to put it back into the record hmm. whereas like with someone like racket cannon it's just like they're adding on to it with their visual like the way that it looked was like like the way that they behaved was hmm. like um fantastic you know like you see someone like i don't know like uh I don't know, like a, like an old hardcore band or something. Well, like bands like Dillinger and, and things like that, where you go, how are you, how are you able, capable of doing what you do musically or, you know, to that level of, of skill and then also mm. try and do a backflip. Like, yeah. And that, that, but that's like, that's like showmanship. Whereas like, I feel like Racket Cannon just had this sort of like, they just, I'm going to say it again, because I am from the nineties. They had <laughs> these yes. you could you could not like no one no one could rip them off you know what i mean it was yep. completely unique and they and it so you know mm. obviously the point of the show but they sadly like ended i think they're um, playing arc tangent next year but they were due to play it last year yeah last year as like their last year. show yeah because they and said they were splitting way before yeah, it like, was like uh, January or February, was it last year? I think something like that. They mentioned, no, yeah, wouldn't I keep forgetting what fucking year it is? Um, but yeah, I think they're like upholding, we'll still do it one last time. Um, yeah, I'd, yeah. Love to, I'd love to get them on. And uh, I mean, it would be amazing to get them on for starters. I'm just pipe dreaming here, but I'd love to get them on to ask. We'll tell, them, some, uh, we'll tell you some stories about them off air. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really great, like, for like, Nice, really lovely guys, and really like good fun stories. Nothing bad, yeah. But like nothing to play on <laughs> when here. You said we'll talk about them off air. It's sort of like, yeah, don't record this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But some really fun stuff. Of like, they're so cool, and there's some like really cool stories about them, and and those stories are like really good, nice stories that mm. wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't Not the most rock and roll, bad. but yeah. <laughs> Some reason, but they're, but they're like <laughs> massively illegal. <laughs> That's my favorite time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think looking at the list, we've got two bands left. One of which I have to apologize because beforehand I didn't realize Pete was in this band. So sorry, Pete. Um, oh. Oh, um shall we? Because the, the, I think 
there's a band I think you might want to talk about last. And I remember listening to him just before I came on here and going, I actually knew knew this band from hearing the first track on a record they had. Um, yeah, should we talk about an alphabet? Where where do where does all that fit in? Okay, uh, so an alphabet is a band I was in. Um, Andy really added this, but I want to talk talk on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just put in, it's fine. Yeah, like the sound yeah. of my own voice, man. But um, uh, so an alphabet is, is 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 a funny one because it was kind of like we 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 didn't play many gigs, but we were like. Um, it was a weird sort of like the, the the amount of people on that list that are connected to that band is kind of like like mad kind of thing. So uh, the guitarist Dan, who was like um, he's like a uh, like a virtuoso kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, like can play everything and just like you know uh, <coughs> borderline insane kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the drummer in Gentle Friendly. Uh, then uh, Tom, who's the guitarist in that band, the, the other guitarist, he was in a band called Yellow Belly, uh, which were sort of like before, like back in the day, we used to like in dystopia, we'd, you know, tour and all the time. And like everybody, every city had its own Mogwai, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And that was like just normal, like, you you half expected the first band on to be like a Mogwai band. Mm-hmm. But before that, Yellowbelly were like, again, like just kids. And they were just like sick, like Mogwai kind of band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They like did that loud, quiet thing. And... I don't want to say like a post-rock band because I know that the guys in Mogwai hate being called a post-rock band. But let's be honest, mm-hmm. they're just a post-rock band. Not yeah, just a post-rock band, but they're a post-rock well, they band. Were. They were at one point, and there were there were no uh, Godspeed Black Emperor. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the listeners at home is doing rock horns there. <laughs> Whenever anyone says Godspeed, you got to throw them. Right, so, yeah, I saw Godspeed on that Lift Your Skinny Fist tour. Incredible man, like incredible band. Like, did they have um, the visuals? A good tangent. Did they have the visuals when you saw them on that? Because they did Arc Tangent. Uh, I, I can never remember what year it was, but they had. They brought their um, oh, what's it called, the projectionist over, yeah. and yeah. No, there was there was no visuals, but this was like uh, I think I saw them probably like about two thousand and two, something like that. Whenever it was, whenever um, uh, Lift Your Skinny Fist came out, was that tour, and they played a, a venue that's now closed in Birmingham called the Q Club. Yeah, uh, I think it closed because somebody died, like somebody the fell. Q Club was that the one on Corporation Street. Uh, by the law uh, court yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i remember That's doing it. uh working drop beats not bombs there yeah and, that place, yeah. and it being um, an i didn't know it existed because i used to get the bus from up the road again this is for all you birmingham lot you used to get the bus from up the road and you go past it and you just think oh not a clue what that is and then mm-hmm. like seven eight nine years later working a drum and bass everything electronic night in what's effectively it was an old not an old nunnery what was it called um Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, think... well, the Institute was an old mental institution. That sounds about but, right. Yeah, but um, I'm not sure what the key club was originally, but it was... But basically, they had an organ in there, so I guess it was some, something religious. Mm. Um, and it doesn't the... fit with what's going on in there or what was going in, on in there. It was a cult centre. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> these, you know, these huge organ uh, pipes and uh, 
Godspeed had uh, put contact mics on them. They just had the one guy just playing, well, not playing the organ, playing the pipes themselves to create atmosphere. And then they had uh, speakers hung halfway down the audience. So if you were standing at the bar, uh, you'd still hear Godspeed, but then it was like, before it was even trendy, as it were, to do this, they were like incredibly anti-Bush. So they just played like anti-Bush propaganda for the second set. And it was just like, you know, like if you were standing at the bar, it was a little bit too intense. So you'd have to yeah. Yeah. You just feel like you're being brainwashed. <laughs> Different yeah. kind of intensity. Uh, but yeah, back to Yellow Belly. Um, yeah, sorry about that tangent there. Uh, arc tangent. <laughs> Lol. Uh. Um, <laughs> I did a gun hand at me for all the years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm still from Birmingham, mate. Come on, it's still in my blood. Bullets <laughs> <laughs> in the blood. Um, what was it about? Yeah, the better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were just, they were, yeah, they were, they were great. And then uh, our, our good friend uh, Pete Hayes, um, who ended up working for MTV and all sorts of stuff. He was uh, sell out. <laughs> no, well, you're going to regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> And, what was that? Um, sorry, I lost, we lost you there for a split second. He, he passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's, it's cool, man. Like, you went to know. But uh, yeah, he was, the, he was the, the drummer in that band. And he was sort of like, you know, to all of us, like one of those guys that was just like, he was just the best, man. He was just like, he died when he was like 26. And he was just like, with the party, man. He didn't die from partying or anything. He just died. It was unfortunate. Can we at least say that MTV definitely went downhill after oh yeah 100% man he, he, was, he was he was holding that shit you know yeah uh he, yeah he became a cameraman like and did all sorts of stuff and then uh tom and uh him and Keir was in yellow belly as well um we weren't talking about yellow belly we were talking about an alphabet yeah yeah you and then were, you, you, you naturally moved on yeah but you you were at Keir's birthday yeah, yeah. I went so full circle now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did we talk about this on camera or off camera? The, the, the... I, I mean, I get so into these, I forget what we talk about before and then what we I talk mean, about at the beginning and what we talk about in the middle. And usually I mean, at the end, I've forgotten what I'm talking about as well. Uh, okay. No, no yeah, I think we were. Just so it makes sense. Mm. But like, yeah. so yeah, so Yellow Bellies, <laughs> Keir, um, Tom Hill, um, Pete Hayes. And um, Steve, uh, Steve's now a sports writer. So they're all like really interesting guys, you know. And uh, uh, fucking hell, when did it I'm confused myself. But basically, <laughs> everyone did something cool. And then came later Echo Lake, which I think is where we're heading towards. And I think it's the last band on the list. Oh, I think. Oh, I skipped a band there. You mentioned Echo Lake at the very beginning. I thought you'd sport it from there. No, we've got two bands then, apparently, including Echo Lake. Oh, who else? Uh, a band called, I'm going to mispronounce this. Is it Copy Ha Ho? Hey Ho? Oh, Copy Hey Ho, yeah. Uh, yeah. That um, was the band I was mentioning where I listened to the first track, uh, Factory Floor, and realized I definitely absolutely heard this song before. And yeah. It, it was well, a fantastic pop song, isn't it? Yeah, they were, they were amazing. Like, Copy Hey Ho. Like, I, 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 the name escapes me now, but the first time we went, well, not the first time, but one of the first times we went to like Edinburgh 
some of them were in another band and I can't remember the name of the band that's going to really annoy me now but um, they were like uh, super super art school you know like kind of thing uh, which I fucking love you know (laughs) (laughs) just to clear that up yeah yeah, like it was like um, like what what normal people would consider to be pretentious is like you know my ting, you know, <laughs> and uh, then they formed this copy. Hey ho, was kind of like the sort of like digestible rock band of that, you know, yeah. and uh, we toured with them with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Johnny Foreigner. Um, I think maybe Tube Lord. I can't remember if they were on that tour or not, but it was like in the calories days, like they were just like on point, like every night, you know, like they were just like, uh, it was like what, you know, like watching like, uh, like television and the talking heads, you know, yeah, kind of with, I hate to say it, but maybe like it was the time, maybe a little Franz Ferdinand yeah, kind of thing. With, nothing wrong with Franz Ferdinand. I mean, there is, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, that sort of, they had that, they were that, that era of that zeitgeist and it was like, they were fantastic. And, uh, uh, Rich, Richard and I, like, uh, the bass player, Richard and I, like, would, uh, bump into each other all the time at, um, uh, Primavera Sound and stuff. And it was always just like, uh, you know, they were just cool, cool, really cool people. I remember, Again, like I'm giving it away again, but like I remember being with uh, Linda and Tom from uh, Echo Lake and uh, some of the guys from Copy Hey Ho, and uh, some we were just like punters there, and like some guys came up to us and they were like, you know, kind of like fucking hell, it's the guy from Calories, it's the you know Echo Lake and Copy Hey Ho, like why are you all here and no one's playing? Yeah. It's like bad booking agents, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like so, Copy Hayo was just like, yeah, like it was one of those. I don't know how to put it really, but it was one of those things that was just like watching them was always just like it. It, it felt like you're watching someone that was gonna be one of the, like, the biggest bands. Yeah, you know, I love that. And, I love that when that happens, especially when it's your your friends. Like that, if anything, that almost means more. Then you know anyone can go and watch a band and then go. I think this band are going to be the biggest band in the world or one of the biggest bands in the country or, or whatever. But if it's then your friends and your peers on stage, like yeah. that means so much more. Because I, I think I remember chatting with Lexi about it. I was gushing about his guitar technique and everything as well, and it's saying like when when you write things and or when he watches Sunshine on on stage and things, he's like, I love this band, like and I, I want you to do well aside from the fact that we like you're my friends it just all glues together really really well um yeah yeah i i, I love that seeing people you know my peers and stuff doing well and it's, it's it's actually like really heartwarming to see people get the success they deserve from it yeah like the praise we, we, at least just the praise from it that's what they deserve yeah totally i would like we we will like you know johnny foreigner to do well but we don't have to will that hard for them you know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, they're, they're like, what was that? They've sold out like, like a massive gig in London for their comeback and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go down to that. Um, yeah, make sure I got some tickets for that. Anyway, anyone that's about October second in London. I think I'm. I think I'm, I think I'm there with you, mate. Yes, I said. But it's. I said. Spoke to Junior about it. It was like, it's absolutely just going to be the West Midlands taking over London. Yeah, right? <laughs> like we're all going to well, be on trains and cars on different 
but parts of the M6 and the M25 at the same time. Yeah. And be like, oh, hey, what's going down? Like, I said a guitar tech for them, but Junior was like, you'll be too pissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played yeah. with Johnny Foreigner very briefly as well, actually. The side note. Mm-hmm. I was the, uh, you know, they used to have to have an extra guitarist to play the last song. So uh, I can put in my CV. Nice. I was going to say, you can put all of these bands on there because they're all, you're all involved in, in everything that's going down on this list. Yeah, well, that's that's Birmingham, man. No one, yeah. there's literally, like, it's really difficult not to know someone in Birmingham, isn't it? You know, I think, I, I, again, I know it go back to past episodes, but the one, the episode we did with your poetry with Junior and Lexi was a, mostly about that, saying you couldn't go anywhere in King's Heath or Mosley or, or you know, Digbeth sort of cheap side way without seeing one person that was in four bands and then four people who were in 16 bands and then they were all playing together down the road, you know, in two weeks time. And it's amazing yeah. to, to see that the level of creativity um, and not for like, it's one of those weird things, you know, sometimes creativity comes out of boredom for people where yeah. you kind of feel like you've got nothing else to do. So you learn to play the drums, you learn to play the guitar or, or you get good at a sport or whatever, because you have nothing else. I think even with Birmingham, there's so much good going on all the time. There just happens to also be this amazing level of creativity on top of it as well. Yeah. 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 Something yeah. in the water. I think, you know, you go to like Leeds and, and stuff and you see like, you know, people like all the guys from like, uh, like Rolo Tomasi and um, the Body Hound and those kind yeah. of. Yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll started down, with those boys. We'll go down there and like the amount of times that we're like supporting or playing with like somebody that was in one of those bands. Yeah. And then like everyone in Leeds is like kind of like in that scene, they're all kind of like, uh, I feel like they're more like conservatory musicians. Hmm. Well, the guys in Body Hand are absolutely phenomenal. Like I remember we, we put them on at mother's um, and played with them and they they basically lived in my house for a week, my student house afterwards, because they were like the world cup was on. And they didn't want to go home. They didn't have to go to work. So they just lived in my house for, for an entire week. And just having like uh, Joe and Calvin playing the guitar in my living room, like like it was nothing. Like, as you know, I, I'm a guitarist. I am shit, absolutely shit. And then I sat and I watched these two play and I felt felt like throwing everything away because they'd almost, they'd, they'd just nailed it. That was it. They'd, they'd completed guitar. Like, I, I don't know if you can tell from our music, but we're like most of us, not most of us, me and Andy are in control <laughs> and we're not mad. Like we appreciate math rock, but we don't do math rock. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, that's what we're in mm. racket cannon. We're on this list. I was like, I get where it fits in, in everything. Like it's not for everyone, that type of music. Not, not to say that, you know, you shouldn't give it a go, but yeah, mm. it's, it could be quite hard. But sometimes when you see something or hear something, you can't help but go, wow. Like, well, that's what's so great about yeah, Body Hound. Yeah, it's like, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you like Mavrock or not. They, it's, it's like, uh, you know, um, God doesn't care if you think he exists. He's still yeah. <laughs> He's still there. <laughs> He's still <laughs> judging you. Yeah. And that's Body Hound. Like, they're incredible. If you have like, music as well, like, if you have, like, there's a lot of people with a lot of ego in music, but like. Or like Morrissey. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's very easy to like um, get into that kind of shit. But like, really, like 
everything's like mu- music wise when you go and watch something live everything's brilliant I, I watched loads of like folk and you can go and watch like a folk gig and be like you know that girl or that guy like they're absolutely fucking brilliant and you feel really or inspired you, by it like. yeah yeah or you can go you know I think we, we played with the uh, body hound in London like a couple of times mm. and like um, a, what, what would that have been Was, did you, have you played one of the sunburn gigs yeah yeah we've played a few of those mm. we uh we, we played those shows with uh oh yeah some other bands which you've mentioned quickly but like frauds i love those guys because just, be, just like just because they're like fucking lovely guys as well <laughs> yeah but yeah we played a few of those um sunburn shows and they're, they're really good the ones at the brixton windmill with yeah the, yeah yeah with yeah. the german shepherds on the roof the dog on the roof yeah roof dog yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're supporting Frost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pete's yeah. Uh, in in lockdown as well. We're like uh, just so this has changed the subject slightly, but we, um, both me and Pete did different bands um, with the same person. Yeah. Person, yeah. <laughs> so like I, <laughs> I'm in like a band with uh, Tom Whitfield. He was the drummer in Dystopia. He was the drummer in Dystopia and calories. And calories. Uh, doing like an le- electronic kind of thing. Is that the record um, that you sent me? Not to give away too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've heard it. Mm, I absolutely and adored it. Thank, thank you very much. You're it's not because you're just there, obviously. I'd, I'd be honest, otherwise. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, and then like Pete's also done uh, like a heavier. Yeah, album, we did like, like a sort of punk record. It's probably, it's probably a bit harder than. Sunshine. Hmm. It's called Spitz Milk. And it's with Bruce again. That's uh, from um, Opium Lord. Oh, yeah. Is that the, the fraud show that Didaster are doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. I saw the name Spitz Milk on the, on the poster earlier. I think Paul shared it on Instagram. Again, going back to Didaster, a fantastic group of everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. Doing a fantastic group of everything. Didaster um, was amazing. Like in lockdown, um, like, I don't know if I should. Um, they they raised money for uh, Birmingham music scene. Mm-hmm. And Something without venues, um, we're nothing yeah. compilations. Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but um, hopefully, like the job centre isn't listening. <laughs> I was I got really fucked over by my job, and I was trying to sell some of my equipment, and D Dust Air were like, "Don't sell your equipment." Like we'll, we'll send you some money. To That's keep, really good um, to keep going. Yeah, they're yeah, real, real beautiful bunch of people for that. You know, like it really, like literally, DJs there put food in my mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, shout, out, shout out to all of them. I don't know how many of them are involved anymore because they just seem to be this amazing group. I don't actually think it matters if that makes sense. I don't think it matters who's who's involved in it because whenever they do something, it's just amazing people doing things yeah well, well paul um is from from that is playing that that fraud show and um greg from um modern literature which is a newish band yep. he's, he's um he's got a hand in that as well and uh, uh steve bridgman is, i feel like i'm like an awards ceremony <laughs> <laughs> and, and thanks mom um, and dad and god and morrissey and morrissey who is my mother 
What was that? Uh, what was that old? Uh, so, what was that band that Greg was in? Very used to. Uh, oh my god! Sing. You gotta tell this. Oh my god! Song, like, As if they didn't get a mention. Yeah. So there was a band called Baxter back in the day, mm. and then uh, Baxter with two X's. Um, I don't know why. They, I think they might. Have, I think it might have been like you know illegal thing. <laughs> but uh, they had this song where we were like me and Alexi. Um, Clunk, you know, like my famous friend. <laughs> we're in, um, we're in and we were all about like, uh, you know, like Cornelius and uh, uh, Deus and all those kind of things. Where it was like, you have like millions of instruments. Or, we didn't have millions of instruments, but like having samplers and being really like, you know, clever. Yeah. And then Baxter was just like, you know, uh, a big muff and a three piece, and they were like, pro, you know before McCluskey but that kind of vibe yeah and they had this song where he just said over and over again I want to fuck your severed head shit but what are we doing <laughs> where am I what club am I in <laughs> yeah what are we doing like why are we why are we messing around with samplers when this is just like you know <laughs> Alice Cooper and everything all in one day you know? punk AF bro <laughs> not very 2021 though, is it? <laughs> I didn't say who severed head <laughs> I'm really that, that's yeah that's my real takeaway from that I didn't say who severed head it was yeah. uh, just for the last few minutes um, obviously I like to chat about venues and things that are no longer around um, just to you know shed a light on the plight of the local music venue um, whether it's 100 cap or it's 500 cap they need everyone's support um, and so if you can get out there and go to a gig, which you can do now, which is fucking weird to say after the last 18 months, um, let's have a, a quick chat about the jug of ale, um, in Mosley or what was in Mosley, which I now believe is a Indian restaurant. It is. Yeah. It looks like a fancy Indian restaurant though. I give them that. Or oh, last time I saw it at least, which was a good few years back. So it's a boycotted. Yeah, there is that, but you can't help but walk past and go, fair enough, it looks all right. But yeah, give us a, give us a couple of uh, jug of ale stories. Give us like, maybe if you can remember, maybe the first time or the first couple of times you went there and, and, and what it was like for people. I know you said earlier on, again, I can't remember if you said this in the pod while we were recording or not, but if it wasn't full, you were shit. But wh- where did that sort of come from? Because I've heard, I've heard that from a few people as well, to be honest. I mean, the first time I went there, it would have been like, uh, I'd have been at college and it would have been like, I don't know, like 17 or something, uh, or, yeah, like 17, and my mate would have told me to, like, go down and, like, hang out because it's a pound in and a pound a pint, mm. and that's basically where I met Pete, to go and see Dystopia play upstairs, and it was so fucking loud up there. I mean, that's probably because of his band, but, like, <laughs> um, but like... Um, stacks. Yeah, stacks. <laughs> it was kind of, like... Um, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, it's kind of like you you romanticise ideas in your head sometimes about your youth and you think like everything was like better when you were younger and yeah, like, yeah. everything's shit, everything's shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like you, think, you think like uh, everything was better when you were younger and it might not have been, but that place in itself, I remember now from being just like, if I could go there now and go to watch a gig upstairs, it, like, it'd be fucking cool. It was just the room was not massive. It was like a nice size. Mm. The stage wasn't like too high. 
but it was fucking stacked. So the, the sound system was incredible. And I remember seeing bands there and being physically moved backwards. Yeah. You nice. know, you felt it in your chest. When you were watching things. played there and yeah. um I think yeah there was posters of like Radiohead and Oasis and people like yeah, that. I, I remember yeah. chatting with um with Arthur Tapp, who I know you two probably well aware yeah. of Arthur. Not but the other night. <laughs> I, I, I went and, and accidentally I repped a show for him on like a Monday or something and uh took the cash <laughs> home with me in the tin and whatever, and then met up with him at the station in Mosley on like the Friday or the Saturday. And he basically just spent all the money from the tin on beers for us. And we just, me and him sat and chatted. And he was telling me about some of the bands that he'd put on at the Jug of Ale. And it was like Kasabian editors um, worked with Radiohead shows there and everything. You're like, what? Like, right. Could you imagine right. going down to your local venue? Now, let's say if you went to the hair, you know, on a, a Tuesday or some, to see some local bands, and then it turned out to be the next Radiohead or the next, you know, we are scientists and bands that are like that. Um, it must be so strange because you don't think that at the time, I guess. It's all, you know, yeah. give it years of gestation and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, shout out yeah, to yeah. venues. It's crazy, man. Like, uh, uh, like the, the, you know, some of the stories that Arthur's got. And he was like, from when I first met him, when I first like I know, like, I, I mean, you know, Oasis played there when I was, I don't know, like, 11 years old or something. So you know, I was there long after. They were already well known. You know? yeah. They were quite accomplished, I think, by the time. <laughs> that kind of thing. And he, he he wasn't bitter or anything. It wasn't like that, but he was just sort of like nonchalant about yeah. it kind of thing. You know, and it was sort of a bit like, yeah, yeah, you know, they were cool, but then a bit, oh, they just, uh, they didn't like, I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm making this up now, but it'd be like, <laughs> They didn't like. Uh, they didn't like that we got them sprite into the seven up or some stuff like you know, <laughs> annoying. And it was like, man, you fucking, mm. you know, like you, you you met them, mm. let alone like you had a working relationship with them. It's mad, and then it's like, like my my brother, my older brother went to see um, placebo play. Do you remember the Foundry? Are you old enough for that? No, I, no. The Foundry was like. Uh, a club in Birmingham where it was like a huge downstairs and this tiny little upstairs that was like as big as um, I don't know like it, uh, let's say it was a 70 cap the upstairs yeah my brother saw placebo in that room and it's Amazing. like yeah crazy isn't it like I'm not like a placebo fan really but like I mean, that would, I mean I'm a huge placebo fan so that would blow me away I saw them when I was about 14 at the Carling Academy in the big room as well. So seeing them as 70 cap would be mind blowing. Yeah, it was mad, man. There's like loads of like, that, this is back in the day when there's like people, I guess like the wild hearts and that kind of era, you know, yeah. when it was, like, I don't know, probably like 96 or something. Like that, something. I know it's, it's going to sound interesting, but that, that rock and roll, like that sort of thing. So it's not indie pop, it's not rock. It's like in your face sort of level of music, but without yeah. being metal. Yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. Kind of, yeah, there was kind of that. And maybe that's like, um, maybe that's like a little bit of, to bring it back to us, <laughs> maybe that's a little bit of this, like the spirit of us is that we are like kind of 96 kind of kids, you yeah. know, mm. with sort of uh, that, um, doesn't always, 
so we, we you know every now and again we fit and like over the years the bands that I've done every now and again we fit yeah but it, we don't change like we just the trends go around you yeah like I don't know if that sounds really pretentious now no no I know exactly what you mean but then again it's like you found you found a sound or a way of doing something you stuck with it because that is you and then every once in a while like so the, the moon turns blue and you're in the center of it all because you ha- you've stuck true to your to your guns and your word yeah and it's happened a few times i mean obviously it evolves like we get into new like uh steez but um <laughs> but it like uh i think that's like maybe I, I don't think that's the way you should be at all like i think the you know the way you should be is probably like move with the times and evolve you know like mm. all the greats evolve and do stuff but we're like uh, us and our kin are like we're 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 sort of like uh, we're like almost like old postcard punks or something, you know. And I think that's like part of that thing. I like think you know, harking back to these old venues and and whatever in the old days is like um, you know you miss that kind of like where people used to wear their heart on their sleeve kind of thing. This is not. The, like the modern world is not like that the modern world is like whatever's happening now is happening now and like places fall out of favour and you know it's the cool new place to be or whatever whereas I don't know like if like we were saying like if the jug was still open mm. I'd be back <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, it, if, it opened, yes, if it opened yesterday you'd be straight in there yeah yeah man I'd be back and I'd be like uh, you know still trying to uh, buy speed off someone or some shit I don't know <laughs> <laughs> if only it was still a pound a pint yeah, yeah. well lads um, <laughs> pound a pint of speed <laughs> bloody hell let's keep you up for a month yeah on a on that class A message right there I think I'm going to leave it there if that's alright with you guys because um, I feel like we could get down a dark hole there a speed hole um, <laughs> but yeah guys I've had an absolute pleasure chatting with you this evening um or whatever time i listen to it today this morning um and i want to thank you a lot for joining me uh, on this um, thanks for having me and uh yeah hopefully you've had a nice reminisce and no doubt one of you is going to go and jump on Bandcamp and find all these bands again and your your spotify playlist will just be again full of pete's bands uh but what's it for <laughs> if it's not for listening to yourself eh <coughs> thanks rich nice one thanks guys i'll speak to you soon see you in a bit nice one